Hello and welcome back to the Part-Time Gaffers podcast and Happy New Year. Happy New Year indeed. My name's Delish. And I'm David and we've got a mean episode for you today, halfway through the season. So we're going to be doing some roundups, some team of the season. We've got a few very interesting ones for you, so hopefully you enjoy them. Yeah. Slightly different. I guess we were inspired by Monday Night Football with Jamie Carragher and... What a duo, Gary Neville. Gary Neville, oh my God. It's the day after New Year's, so we're a little <laughs> bit dusty, but that always makes things fun. So yeah, I guess we can just jump straight into it. Let's go. Welcome back, and we're going to be jumping straight into the team of the seasons. Delish, take us through it. So we have three. Yes, I said three. That's huge. Trois, tres, three. San... Chi on oh no, what other language? <laughs> <laughs> My karate instincts just kicked in. I kept <laughs> counting up in Japanese. Don't lie to the listeners. You haven't done karate in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that that is very true. Uh, so yes, three team of the seasons for you. We've got the stock standard, uh, the best or most informed team of the half season so far. That's just best players that we think. And then we're going to go through an under-23 team of the half season with a few asterisks <laughs> because <laughs> it's very hard to find under-23 players, even though there's a lot of talent, young talent in the Premier League. And finally, just to spice things up a bit, we've got a team, a non-top six team of the half season because David and I were thinking about our team of the seasons and it's always populated by the very big names that we probably talk about week in week out you guys are probably sick of hearing these names so we would we thought we'd spice it up tell you about some other really good players in the premier league who probably deserve to be talked about more um, yeah those, gonna, those big six players just get all the attention but right, the, rightly so but rightly so <laughs> but there is some guys who that if they were in those big six teams they'd probably be producing similar numbers and performing as well and they probably deserve a shout. So we're going to give them a shout. We're going to give them a shout out indeed. So we've got those three team of the half seasons. And after that, we're going to do a revised top eight and bottom three from what we know now. So Oh, how things have changed since the start <laughs> of the season. <laughs> it's going to be rough. Let's kick straight into it, though. Let's go with the normal team of the half season. And for all of these, by the way, we've gone for just the generic 4-3-3 as per the modern footballing era. <laughs> and I'd almost argue maybe we should be doing a 4-4-2 in line with British values. <laughs> but um, I think a 4-3-3 is understandable. So how should we do this? Do you want to go through player by player in each position? We'll go player by player. Let's do it. So first up, I have got Edison in goal. I respect that. I went with Mendy from Chelsea. Why did you go with Mendy? I went with Mendy How? because I don't want recency bias to affect things. And if I'm going over the whole half season so far, for me, Mendy was easily the best keeper up until probably four weeks ago when Chelsea started having a bit of a downturn. I apologize about that. That's my phone. <laughs> now it's turned off. And um, I think Mendy was clearly the best. Uh, he was making the best saves. He was producing world-class saves week on week on week. Don't get me wrong. Edison is would be my second place, without a doubt. But I think recency bias has made us think Mendy's not the best keeper. But that's just because Chelsea's form's kind of turned. They've struggled with a couple of defensive injuries. 
I think that's a bit unfair on Mendy. David, we have issues already. <laughs> Why? What's the issue? <laughs> it's a team of the half season, mm. and you want to exclude or discount four of these games already because of I'm not discounting bias. four of the games. I'm just saying you can't put... Just because Chelsea have a David, few David, games, David, 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 David. He was solely the reason behind Chelsea conceding key goals in two consecutive games. I understand. He that. was the sole reason that they dropped points. I understand. You that. can't. But, but if we look at the clean sheet, I understand. If we look at the clean, Edison sheet, has more clean sheets anyway. Mendy has eight clean sheets. One and Edison clean, has eleven. One I've checked this. Edison has eleven. Edison has made 33 main saves. Mendy has made 51. So what I'm trying to get at with that statistic, I, hold on, hold on, is that Edison is backed by a world-class City team, and it's a City team that is not just saying, Chelsea's defence is world-class, but City dominates possession, and Edison doesn't end up getting put under as much pressure as Mendy does. So I think, all things considered, if you're looking at the player and not... Just the results. I just think Mendy makes it in for me because also some of the saves Mendy was making earlier this season were just incredible, and I think that he deserves to be the number one starting keeper in my team of the half season right now. I've been saying it earlier in the podcast episodes earlier this season. I like Mendy. I like him a lot, and I think he deserves it. I, I, right now, we're arguing over two of the best keepers in the world. Like I, it's a very, very. I, I take your point on board, argument. and I feel like. We should probably not start with the goalkeeper in future ones because this is what always ends up happening. Yeah. We have different opinions and what's about to happen always ends up happening where I'm going to say, we'll leave this decision for later and we'll see <laughs> how the rest of the team pans out yeah. and who needs more bargaining chips. We'll probably end up agreeing on most. Should we move to right back? Right back, I guess, easy peasy Trent Alexander-Arnold. I agree with you. Look, Reese James is a close second. Um, I, I said, I think last week, Reese James is basically Trent, almost as good attacking-wise, slightly better defensive-wise. But I think if you're looking at who's the most complete right-back right now, Trent gets the edge. He's probably a year, t- two years ahead of James in terms of how good he is. I, I just feel that. And that's and purely an age thing. Yeah, he's and also, years older. for me, Reese James, he's a, he the way he plays, he's a right-back who does great attacking movements forward whereas Trent almost at times can just play as a midfielder for um, mm-hmm. Liverpool and he's been given that free reign role he's been allowed by Klopp to run through midfield he's, I've seen him quite a few times creating chances from the left side of the field because he's kind of drifted there and he's received the ball and created great opportunities and I think in terms of a completeness Trent gets in there for me just over James but James is let's say he's on my bench for that team yeah totally agree uh, centre-back pairing, I've gone for Diaz and Gabriel. Interesting that you put Gabriel in there. I mean, I mm. really appreciate I, that. I, kn- I knew you were going to be interested and surprised and happy. Yeah, I mean, look, I am. I've actually gone for Diaz as well. I mean, we can both agree Diaz is probably, right now, in in terms of form, best centre-back in the world. Yeah. it's We were both surprised. We saw he was 24 years old when He's we were He's the same age as us. It's actually mad. Um, <laughs> This guy carried City at points last season. He he was the single difference maker in the season that they last won the league. Yeah, it's it's really crazy the impact that this guy has. And you th- you look at him, you think this guy's like twenty seven, um, but he's still young. 
huge career ahead. So he's easily in in both of our teams. I've actually gone for Rudiger over um, Gabriel. Rudiger's had it's actually a good shout. Yeah, look, Rudiger's had an excellent season. I think, like I said before, Chelsea's defense on the whole is very tight, or at least it was until recently. Um, and I think leading that defense, it feels like it's Rudiger. He's the guy who's the staple. He's the least rotated center back. And he's already scored two goals. He's had three assists. He's made some really great runs through the middle. I don't like what he did against Leeds when he faked <laughs> faked that penalty and got it. Uh, and he smiled. It bugs me. But in terms of talent, he's in, I, he's in my team as well. I actually agree with you. I'm happy to have Rudiger in there. But what, what's your chance. justification for Gabriel out of interest? My justification for Gabriel is just how solid he's been and how much of a leader he's been in that back four for Arsenal. And yeah. they've they've had rocky games and whatnot, but a lot of that is also just the general lack of maturity in running through the team because everyone's so young. And we all know about the struggles at the start of the season. But I think he's really just stepped up to the plate. He's a he's a quality ball playing centre back. And yeah, he's he's just taken on more of a leadership role in a very young team and defensively they've Arsenal have actually been solid. Like they, you know, we've actually kept more clean sheets than Chelsea. Chelsea's had eight, we've had nine, and Chelsea's played one more game than us. There you go. So, that is, you know what? I'm almost tempted to switch to. I'm not going to switch I, because I, I, I don't like. I like picking my player, justifying it, and accepting it. But I, I'd be tempted to switch to Gabriel because if we're judging this on a player basis and not a team basis, the impact mm-hmm. that Gabriel's had in that Arsenal team and defense is huge, like you said, and he's actually. I think that a lot of our goals, he hasn't been so responsible for. Obviously, he's not perfect. There's a couple of occasions where he's been the main defender. Who gets led, caught out. Who's get gotten caught out. But on the whole, he's actually been very solid. He's covered um, multiple times in many games. He's covered his um, teammates when they've made a mistake, and he's been there to fix, them, fix the error. Um, and like you said, his impact on the field has just been huge. And he feels a lot older than he is as well because he's only 23 years old. So... Yeah, I think that's a probably a tie almost, Rudiger and Gabriel in there. Let's relieve that again. Come back to it later. I mean, do we have to agree or are we just chatting? <laughs> True. <laughs> I, I, competitive nature in me just came yeah. out. <laughs> what am I? I'm just basing it off the Monday Night Football model. <laughs> and they just kind of say their teams and get on with life. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, are we really going to convince each other of everything here? <laughs> I don't see the goalkeeper no coming to agreement. Yeah, that's fine. We'll leave it. Cool. Um, left back. I Cancelo. Cancelo. Easy. Don't even um, need to talk about it. We, we, I mean, we spoke last week about Cancelo versus Trent, who's a more complete player. I think mm-hmm. we mentioned that last podcast. Uh, so hard to decide. And Cancelo, what's interesting is so many people don't realize he's not a left back. Cancelo's mm-hmm. a right back playing at left back, and he's the best left back in the world right now. He's got a wand of a left foot too. Yeah. He's almost like... If you copy-paste Trent on the other side, put him on the left, mm-hmm. and you, like, again, similar to Reese James, you increase his um, it's just the his experience defense a little factor. bit and decrease the attack just a tiny bit, you get Kinsella. Yeah, and the experience factor. Like, he's a few years older. Yeah. Um, wonder signing for City. Wasn't he done as part of a trade? I'm I not sure. I can't remember. Sure. We can look into that later, I guess. But um, great signing by City. Uh, so moving on to midfield, um, this one was tough. Have you gone for one, one holding mid, two attacking? Mm-hmm. I've gone for two holding, one attacking. Okay, who you got? 
So uh, Rodri's in there for me. Easy, same for me. Yeah, he's the Sergio Busquets of this league. He doesn't get talked about. He doesn't do anything magical every game. But he, his job, he, you know Rodri's doing a good job if you don't see him on the field. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's same as Busquets. And honestly, he doesn't get talked about because he shows up every week, plays 90 minutes, he does his job, he does it perfectly, and he goes home. And this guy's great. <laughs> and, and just to put sprinkles on top, sometimes he'll score a screamer from outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. If, just if, if he's feeling in the mood, he'll he'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Just depends on what side of the bed he woke up on. Mm. So, yeah, um, he's a lock. Who who else have you got? In so, my other, my other holding mid is Declan Rice. And the reason he's getting into my team of the season is he actually led... I can't remember all the metrics. I can bring them up in a couple minutes. But he led the Premier League in multiple metrics that you'd typically assess midfielders by. And well, that was stuff a few like progressive passes and whatnot. Progressive passes, tack, interception, all that stuff. He was coming first in so many of these metrics, and this was only a few games ago. And again, I don't like recency bias to affect how I think about things. And look, West Ham haven't been as good as they were at the start of the season recently. Mm-hmm. They're getting back into form slowly. I think Rice on the whole... It's probably a controversial call, but he gets into my team for now. Um, I just think he's so... Obviously, he's going to be in my under-23 team, but <laughs> yeah, I just think he's been excellent this season. And it's similar to Rodri, he's not the kind of player who's going to be doing all the things that you talk about after a game, but he's done well, his job excellently most games. I agree. And so who's your third midfielder? Oh, yeah, if we're going to do that, Bernardo Silva. Okay. I so put him at Cam. Um, yeah. He's just excellent, and... Um, it's annoying. He doesn't quite get the attacking output he deserves. Yeah. He's so crucial in City's midfield when he plays and he connects everyone. Per- He's like David Silva, but you add a little bit of skill and maybe take away a little bit from passing. I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like you're forgetting that David Silva was once a very young flair filled Spanish player. It's true. It's true. When you get older, obviously your style. It's changes. like it's like Lucas Leiva, right? Please, please don't compare David. I'm not, to no, Lucas I'm, Leiva. I'm not comparing. <laughs> I'm not comparing the players. I'm just com- I'm comparing the the perception of the players. Right. Like when I talk about Lucas Leiva to you, you think CDM, boring, yeah, just stock at the back. He was signed to Liverpool as a cam. Right. Okay. Like a promising cam. So yeah, that's I guess that's just like natural progression throughout someone's career. Um, so okay, who are your three he, midfielders? So I had Rodri and Bernardo Silva as well. Silva's been on fire this season so Ridiculous. far. Ridiculous. And my third one, you're probably just going to laugh and laugh it off. I've actually put Henderson in there. Because, uh-huh. because just watching the way that we operate or we have operated on the right-hand side of the field... When we've had Trent, Salah, and Henderson, they're all just, they're on another level. The way that they interchange positions, they just play this fluid style of football on the right-hand side of the pitch for us. And Henderson's been a massive part of that, just being a driving force going forward. Um, We've seen a lot more of him wanting to take on defenders when he's towards the baseline or or, uh, out on the sideline. He's more than willing to chuck a couple step overs, put in a cross. Um, and I think he's really had much more of a, an influence, an attacking influence on our game so far. 
So, yeah, put them in. No, I respect that. I was actually talking to someone at New Year's last night who mentioned that Henderson's now their favourite Liverpool player. Who was that? I can't remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but Sign of a good New Year's night. No, nah, yeah, I really just can't remember. But, um, yeah, and you know what? I'm actually going to be changing my... I'm changing it from rice. I c- reason mainly is because... I can't find the metrics I was talking about. And I, I don't want to put them in there if I can't justify it. So um, on that note, and also actually to be fair, this probably was more closer to October when he was leading in all those metrics than it's already January <laughs> the 1st. Happy wow. New Year. So um, things might have changed. So I'm going to take out Rice and I'm going to come back to this after the attackers. I'm going to put in a different a different midfielder. Okay. Up top. I have gone for uh, Salah, <laughs> Salah Jota, and I. I might actually need to change this. But <laughs> Who have you gone for? <laughs> I put ESR up there. Hey, <laughs> really? Yeah, he's just he's really <laughs> grown on me this season. You yeah, love the. We love the Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just breakthrough year. He's really had an impact again, similar to Gabriel. Just kind of emerged as. A bit of a leader in that group. He's he's just a driving force, really. Like just good things happen when he's on the pitch for Arsenal. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, he's in what he's like fifth or sixth equal in the Golden Boot race right now. Mm. It's pretty much the man's first full season, right? Yeah, it's not bad going. No, you you've got a good point. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a very good point. So I'm um, guessing you've got the same first two players. So yeah, I've got I've got Salah and Jota. I think Jota's been excellent in that role. Um and he's scored ten goals. He hasn't he was getting rotated with Firmino. Should have been bit. fifteen. Man's yeah. missed some sitters. He's missed some sitters. <laughs> Honestly, it could have been if he was played all the time, like not Firmino wasn't given minutes, plus he didn't miss his sitters, could even be on like seventeen. Mm. He's had so many good opportunities. And um yeah, so he's in there for me. Salah's a no brainer. I've actually gone with Son at left wing. Um, Interesting. So it sounds ridiculous, but Son's had eight goals and four assists. And again, in context here, he's playing for Spurs. So um, <laughs> Poor soul. So Son, I think even when Spurs were going through that really dark period um, at the end of Nuno's reign as manager, Son was usually, if you, if Spurs played like crap, Son was the shining light in the Spurs team. Um, he had a couple bad games. Obviously, that's going to happen. But I think, on the whole, he's done excellently given the team he's playing in this season and a situation. And I think that that's really all you can ask for. Another shout there for me is Sterling because Sterling has been obviously rotated as part of City's midfield. He plays on that left wing a fair amount and he is excellent whenever he plays. Mm-hmm. So it's tough for me, but I'm going to stick with Son and I'll put Sterling on the bench, the hypothetical bench. Mm. <laughs> Love the hypothetical bench. And to be honest, I have to give Mane credit as well. Mane said seven nice. goals, three assists, but here's my issue. If I'm comparing Mane to Son, Son has been in a, like a categorically worse side mm-hmm. than Mane and he's managed to get same goals, one more assist. And uh, from what I hear from you on a weekly basis, Mane's been quite irritating this season. Mane he's, has been very frustrating, yes. Because um, Jota misses some sitters, but he makes up for it with other goals, whereas Mane kind of just has missed some good opportunities. Um, let's not talk about this. Let's stuff, not talk about we'll it. So, to, so, yeah, Son, 
and Sterling can be on my bench there. Um, and that is my front three. And I also, I've switched Declan Rice. I've actually gone with one holding, just Rodri. And up top in the mm-hmm. uh, cam the positions, two. I've got Bilva, Bernardo Silva. <laughs> you always get confused when I call him that. And Mason Mount. Um, Mason Mount. Again, uh, really? Yeah, Mason Mount's had seven goals, six assists. And this yeah. is an aside. So he, he actually, between game weeks four and 11... He only got one full 90 minutes. So that's a lot of time out during the season. He still managed seven goals, sixes. The last three weeks, he's missed some sitters um, and like excellent opportunities. He's just really cocked it. Um, I think he's been excellent when he plays. He's This is in a Chelsea side without Lukaku and um, without Werner for a lot of the season. Chelsea had quite a few injuries. He's showing up most weeks. He's done an amazing job. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's mean. And I'll put him. I'll put him in there. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah. Moving on to the under twenty three team of the half season. Um, this one was very interesting. Actually, can I take that oh, back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, and Jared Bowen's had three goals and eleven assists. Eleven assists. He is leading. Midfielders and assists. Salah's uh, not really a midfielder. I'm just looking at mm-hmm, FPL mm-hmm, stats, mm-hmm. and he's got ten. Next best is Pogba on seven. Most of those from the start of the season. Oh my gosh! You know what? I'm gonna do something bold. I like doing this. I'm gonna put Bowen in. Bowen and Mason Mount's now on the hypothetical bench. Ouch. Yeah. Sucks to be Mason Mason Mount. But I just can't. As a midfielder, creative midfielder, your primary goal I feel is create goal creation, not goal scoring. Goal scoring is a great bonus. A huge bonus, but I, for me, as a if I'm picking a team of the half season, I want if I had to, it's very hard to say what do you value more, assists or goals, but I think personally, this is a personal thing, I value from that kind of player like Mason Mount Bowen, I value the assists more. Although I'm shooting myself in the foot because Mason Mount's covered for Lukaku and Werner while they're not scoring. This is a tough one. It's a tie. I think you're <laughs> tying yourself in a knot. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm just going to stick with it. Bowen and Mount on the hypothetical bench. I just also like having some non-big six. And done it's deal. A, it's, done. it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Hit the gavel down. Yep. Who's next? On to the under-23 team of the half season. We have... Should we go front to back <laughs> for a, ch- for a change? I've got Saka, Foden, and Greenwood up top. Where'd you put Greenwood. On the left? Yeah, I chose to have Greenwood on the left. I, I thought about it. I swapped a couple of times. I thought about having Greenwood down the middle, being a bit more direct, and Foden on the left. Honestly, they're interchangeable. They're probably going to go wherever the heck they want during a game. Yeah. I just need them on the pitch. So, Greenwood hasn't made it into my side. It's not because I don't think he's a good player. I just think... Obviously, he's been in a very struggling side as well. I just don't think since the start of the season, he hasn't, he hasn't done... He's had one assist since game week nine. Sorry, since game week eight, he he's had a good start. He's kind of fallen off, and so I've actually gone with Saka, Foden, and ESR on that left wing. Wow, um, fair enough. I mean, ESR's had more goals. He's had more assists. Yeah, can't, I can't say no to that. I think Foden's an interesting one because he's now got that false nine role for City. Mm-hmm. He's excelling in that role. I think we can both agree. He, he's going to excel in any role. Yeah, and but he's yeah, going to be an especially at the false nine. Excellent false nine if he chooses to like make that his 
style of play and key key position. And Saka, I think, is an easy choice at right wing. There's the, there's constant Greenwood versus Saka debate. Differences. Saka's held uh, even at the hard times of the season. Saka's mostly showing up, um, mm. and his, his assists. He, he would have had more assists if we could have heard some more of his good chances. He's been an excellent player, and recently, the last few weeks, he's shown he's not just an assister. He's a goal scorer, and he scores some really amazing goals, some dribbles around the box. It's been great. Awesome, Mike. I'm I'm on board with that. Um, I have ESR in my midfield. Okay, so um, what's your midfield trio? But can I just have a shout out? Mm. It's stunning. It's amazing that we're t- we're having this conversation, and I doubt the name Jaden Sancho popped into your head. Not once. He's not even on my hypothetical. Bench. How crazy is that? Marquee signing. Yeah. Forget, yep. forget how much they paid for him. And we don't even consider him. Yeah, it's um, I think he's a classic example of excellent player, not quite fitting the United system right now. That's funny. United don't really have a system right now. Um, I think he'll get back to those levels he was p- pulling at Dortmund. But um, if I was him, I probably would have stayed at Dortmund another season or something and made a smart move to a team where he can see his role you know he's the kind of guy if he went to man city he would be tearing it up there mm-hmm. uh, i think he fits that system really well so yeah it's anyway, unfortunate that just thought i point that out yeah it's unfortunate it's that we're not thinking about him but he doesn't deserve to be thought about obviously for for us yeah midfield three i've gone for well i have two locked in uh of declan rice and esr and then both of these players for that third spot, both of these players have had injuries and missed time. So I've gone for Harvey Elliott slash Pulisic. So who's your three? So I guess you can't really put Elliott in there now because he's out for the season. So it'd be Pulisic, Rice, and ESR. Pulisic, right. So you don't have Mason Mount in there? No, I don't. Really? I value Pulisic over Mason Mount. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. You must be kidding. Yeah. You, this is another joke, like you joked with me yesterday mm-hmm. about not getting mm-hmm. in the ocean and then you no. did. It's You're not. serious. I'm, I'm pretty serious. Pulisic has two goals. Oh, to be fair, he was injured for most of the season. It, that's, yeah. But he also hasn't done much since he came back. How many games? He's had four games back. Uh, excuse me. He came back over there. Four full games back. You don't count like be, you don't count being chucked. Five, behind. no four in the half season. No, it's, I just don't see how you can put Pulisic in there over Mount because surely, like when you're selecting these teams of the half seasons, we're not saying who's the better player. We're saying for this half of the season, who has done more, who has been better. He hasn't even been around for uh, half of half of the season. Which is a quarter, a half of a half is a quarter. He hasn't even been around for a quarter of the season. Which is why I had the combination of them. I'm like, I could merge anyway. Okay. I, I get your point. You know what? It's okay because it's your team of the half season <laughs> and not mine. My team of the half season. I've gone for um, Mason Mount, Declan Rice in the holding position, mm-hmm. and Gallagher. Um, Gallagher's a good shout. Gallagher's an excellent shout. I mean, if we look at his statistics, I love me statistics. I love me statistics. Oh my goodness. I love me statistics. Um, he's had six goals, five assists, 
And this is for Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. And he has been the player in that team. He has been the driving force behind their attack. He's created wonderful opportunities. He's actually given Benteke a chance to shine for the first time in maybe a decade. (laughs) I didn't know Benteke could shine. Well, he has a couple (laughs) of times for this team. He's been great for Eduard. Um, Zaha, he's been creating opportunities for through all sides of the pitch. He's also been scoring goals. I think Scoring he's screamers too. Screamers. And for me, he's getting into this team over definitely Pulisic. Um, but yeah, I think Rice is going to stay in this team. Um, although I do want to say I did have on my bench, my hypothetical bench, Erdegaard. He's very close to getting in. Problem is he's only really performed at a high level for the last five weeks and not for this whole half season. If he continues playing the way he is, he'll be in my end of the year team of the season probably. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, defense. And defense. I've got Trent in there for me. Um, still counts as under 23. We've talked about DS already. Um, I've gone for DS and Gabriel, same reasoning. And at left back, I've gone for the ever-old, ever-young, James Milner. No, you, wait, what? You're, talk, you're taking the piss, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm taking the oh, Okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> who, who have you gone with? But we, we all know he's still in the body of an under-23-year-old. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, real answer to that is Tavares. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll quickly read out mine. I actually went for Reese James here um, because I guess... For me, the idea idea of this team for me is under 23, but it's kind of like a ones to watch um, up and comers. And I think Trent's at the level where obviously he's young, but he is playing at a world class. Like he is world class right now. And for the purpose of an under 23 team, I I just, I don't know. It doesn't feel right. So I'm giving James a chance to shine in this team. Mm -hmm. Um, Gabriel's in there. Obviously we've spoken about that. I've put um, Ben White because um, Ruben Diaz is in my team of the season, team of the half season, the main one, and Diaz is twenty four, so it's just a little bit too. And he's also he carried City at points last season, like mm-hmm. not ones to watch for me. And Ben White's been solid. He's actually been the slightly more attacking of the Gabriel White duo. These guys together, nine clean sheets. It's great. Um, Tierney is in there for me at left back, and it's tough because I guess they've each played I about half about of the Tierney, season, but yeah. Um, I think uh, I'm interested to hear why you've tra- gone with Tavares over Tierney. I think I know because we spoke about it a, cu- a few days ago. Yeah. But um, for me, Tierney's better defensively, and he's recently shown the last few games he, even though he has a very different style of attack to Nuno, which I prefer Nuno's style, um, running through the middle and making those great one twos. Tierney still has a valid attacking style, and he's been taking some great shots. He's been putting in excellent crosses. It's it's close, but if Tavares could get better at defending, he'd be in there over Tierney for me. But he's he's not quite at Tierney's defensive level. Mm. That's just me. What do you think? Yeah, I get your point on Tavares, like the defensive side of Tavares's game. I just think for me, he's had more of an impact this season. I guess Tierney's been out for a little bit, which gave Tavares the opportunity to come into the team. And he's really just taken that opportunity. I also feel like he's... Less predictable in attack. Like, we, we we talked about this a bit last season as well, maybe not on the podcast, but we noticed that Arsenal would always revert to just swing, swinging crosses into the box. And 
I watched b- parts of Ar- Arsenal games last season and kind of noticed it whenever Tierney plays as well this season is a lot of his crosses tend to be blocked and he, he just struggles to get good deliveries in, if at all, because they're getting blocked. And it's, I think it's just because people just know what he's going to do or try mm. and do. So yeah, you can fair. kind of get a half step on him and, yeah, get there, get there before him. And Tavares just brings something different. Like he can cut inside a bit more. He's he's more comfortable, I feel, with his weaker foot, which helps him with that as well. And yeah, I guess for the purposes of this, just had a bit more of an impact so far. Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. Um, both great players, but happy they're both at Arsenal <laughs> at the end of the day. Really happy we have depth in that left back position. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess goalkeeper, we've gone with Ramsdale. Yeah, yeah, I've gone for. Ah, oh, fantastic. Okay, so yeah, that's the under twenty threes. Um, love how many Arsenal players are either on the bench, hypothetical bench, or in that team. I mean, if I'm counting them, we've got Ramsdale. I've actually Tommy Us is on my hypothetical bench. He's behind Reese James, but he's been silently excellent this season. He's barely slipped up. He's been immense. Um, Gabriel White, Tierney, Tommy Yasu, Erdegaard, Martinelli, Saka, ESR. That's ten players. It's ridiculous. So loving that. Um, on to the non-big six team. Should we start back at goalkeeper? Mm-hmm. I've gone with Saar from Wolves. Yeah, fair. He's been pretty standout. Um, I had a look at the, the fantasy hmm. rankings just as an idea. I guess Saar's, Saar's been amazing. He's had, well, they've had seven clean sheets, which yeah. for a non-big six side is really good. I probably... I deviated a bit from just being very stats focused and just went for Martinez. Um, again, probably like the stats probably say that he hasn't been as good. I just feel like what he brings to his team is more than stats. Um, for, for Aston Villa? Mm. Oh, we're going to disagree with that. What's your disagreement? Also, can I say something really interesting? Yeah. This is a stat I have not heard anywhere mentioned. Wolves have won seven games. This season. If they have seven clean sheets, it means that every game they've won, it was a clean sheet. That's so interesting. Oh, no, because they could have drawn nil-nil. But still, very close. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Martinez... I get what you mean when he, you, you say he brings other stuff. He's a leader on the field as well. Mm. Um, I think honestly, he also, I think he also just brings a cockiness to the team, which you kind of oh, yeah, need. He's a, he's a dick. <laughs> I used to like him. He's actually a dick. I, don't, I do not like him anymore. But... um. I think, I honestly think he's been trash as a keeper this season. <laughs> no, like, honestly, yeah. I, I've watched a few Villa games. He has led in some shockers. And I remember there was one game I watched where, like, I think Villa conceded three, maybe just two goals. No, I think it was three. All three of them, you chuck mostly any other keeper, maybe besides Tim Krull in there, that's a save. And I don't know how it got. Two of them were just like long shots, but they weren't screamers. They were just long shots. Mm. Straight past him. He looked, he looked very off. I don't know. I think he's a sh- He might still be a great keeper, but he's he's a shadow of what he was last season in my mm. eyes. No fear. Yeah. That was a weak shot for me. It was just what <laughs> I felt. <laughs> and it's nice to have some differentiation in the opinions. Um, how about right back? I've gone for Matty Cash. That's a good shot. He's actually been excellent. This man has been lighting it up. Mm. Yeah, I, I respect that call. Like, not Trent Alexander-Arnold lighting it up, but if you take Trent out of the equation, <laughs> mm. 
looking at every other right back in the league, I think Cash Cash's output and his his influence on attacking play has been insane. Yeah, no, that's that's He's really also fair. scored a screen. Didn't he score a screamer? I think like, he scored a screamer. I remember the commentator shouting Cash. Nine. So yeah. I feel like he definitely scored a scream a screamer. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I'm just looking at Matty Cash right now. So he's got he's only got one goal, which was the screamer. Must have been the screamer, but I don't think that and no assists. But I don't think that that's a fair fair I, shout. I from think that's more a reflection of like especially the assist stat is more a reflection of mm. who he's crossing to. And he also he's also not a Trent Alexander Arnold. Uh, mm. Like we're not he's not the same kind of player. Um, he's great defensively, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Villa have struggled. Um, I've actually gone for Lamptey from Brighton. Lamptey. Lamptey. We, lo- we love Lamptey. <laughs> um, so, Lamptey, he's also young. He's only 22, I think, still. Um, he actually didn't come into the sides till game week eight. So, for me to say this, it, it has to be a pretty big a pretty mm-hmm. big call. I just think he's, he, since returning, it took him a couple games to get in the starting lineup again. I think since game week... Since game week 11, he's been in the starting lineup. So only nine games, 10, 10 games. But he's been good. He he hasn't he's only got one assist, but he's been playing really well. He, I think similar to Cash, his stats don't really reflect how valuable he is on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think he's solid. Um, and if I'm thinking, is there any other, I guess Cash, but besides that, is there any other non-Big Six right back who's really standing out? Uh, I don't think so. What about where does Livramento play? Livramento plays. Oh shoot! No way did I forget him. David's been waxing lyrical about this boy in fantasy. Yeah, uh, Livramento is right back. Moment. He's also needed one goal and assist, but he's actually been he until game week. I'm gonna say eleven. Yeah, until game week eleven, this guy was insane. Mm. So you know what? For this, I don't care about the rules. I'm gonna say half Lamptey, half Livramento. If you could combine them, I did it before. If you can combine them, that's who I want there. Livra Lamptey. That's my pick. Great. We're yep. rolling with it. <laughs> uh, Centre back pairing. I have gone for Tyrone Mings and Jansen. Yeah, I've got Jansen. He Brentford. Jansen is a pit bull. Brentford. Brentford have struggled recently, but the first what two thirds of the season, Jansen was ridiculously good, hmm. and. Uh, I still think if Brentford can pick up form, he's going to be a huge part of their defence. Um, I, unfortunately, I haven't gone with... Who do you have? Tyrone Mings. Haven't gone with Mings because Villa haven't done so well and I feel like I feel like keeping clean sheets is, is important for yeah, a centre-back. So I've actually gone with Romain Sace from Wolves. Um, yeah, he's just an older guy, but he's been excellent. He's very attacking as a centre-back. He's always looking threatening whenever he makes his way up the field. Um on corners, etc. I like him. If you're going to pick a Wolves defender because of the clean sheets, why didn't you go for Connor Cody? Because he's got more clean sheets than Saez? Or because like, arguably they'd have the same number of clean sheets, right? Yeah, I think Connor Cody is your stock standard centre-back. Like, right, you just think that Connor Cody is your Brexit 4-4-2 Easy sense, although he doesn't even play in a four four two. Plays in like what they play like a three a three, yeah, or a five. Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> Hate how it's the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I get that, but um, I think, I think Sace, I just think he, he partners well with Cody. They defend well together, 
but Sace offers more attacking wise, and I, I don't know. Yeah, fair. To be honest, look, I was just asking the question. If you swap Sace for Cody, no complaints with me. <laughs> Getting one of those guys in there. Even Kilman's been good, but I'd still yeah. say Sace is better than Kilman. Fair, fair. Uh, so that's centre-back's left-back. Who have you gone for? I went with Mark Cucurella. Ooh. So um, Cucurella came, he got bought by Brighton in, um, just before game week four. He's only had one assist since then, but another guy, I don't think the stats really back up how good he is. He's fits really well into Brighton's style of play. He's really well um he's really well experienced with that connecting style of play which bright like those fast passes and progressive movement up the field really quick he's been excellent at that he's also been good defensively um and it's a similar case with the right back switch i'm just thinking is there another left back for me that stands out that i would say definitively goes in there over cucurella that's not big six i can't think of one mm. could you i'm guessing it's not I... cucurella Sorry. I'm guessing you didn't pick Cucurella, no, so I'm excited to hear this. Oh, I'm kind of scared to admit this, but I, that's the first I'm hearing of that, Matt. <laughs> you don't know who Cucurella is? <laughs> no. How could you not? His name is Cucurella. Anyway, who'd you pick? <laughs> I went for Jamal Lewis at Newcastle. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're, you're picking... I know. You're picking a defender from the, the probably joint worst defending side in the league. Yes. Okay, why? Why? Please enlighten me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not like it's not solely his fault that they're so <laughs> bad defensively. He's part of that system, and there's accountability there. But as a player, he's done pretty well. How so? I don't really have stats to back this up. You don't? No. So how's he done well? He's just a solid player. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who who else? Like, in in what way has, has he been assaulted? By? <laughs> in the sense that, <laughs> let me guess, you just like him, and also we wanted to buy him, so he must yeah. be a freaking good player. Ah, <laughs> trusting the little scouting system on this one. Okay. Um, not going to press you on that one much more. <laughs> mm, yeah, I don't have much to back that up, to All be honest. All good. Um, and who were your midfielders? I went for Jared Bowen. Yep, got him. Douglas Louise. And okay. And Gallagher. Okay, so I have Bowen and Gallagher, but I went for Chelemans over... Um, I went for Chelemans over... Who Douglas, Louise. Douglas Louise. Look, Chelemans not a classic holding mid. I guess he's... Mm. He's just a classic centre mid, I guess. So I'd play these guys just maybe like yeah, yeah, yeah. Tillman slightly holding. But I think I was tossing up between him and Madison. Madison's only really mm. shown good form the last few weeks. Tillman's has been the standout. He was injured for a bit, but he has, um, whenever he plays, he's just got this little flair about him mm. where at any moment Tillman's could just ping in a perfect ball and Vardy's away. Or he's just got quality written all over him. Yeah, I, I really like Yuri Tillman's and so... I just thought I'd give him a shout out over there. But I agree. Bowen, we, we've spoken about that. He's great. And Gallagher as well. Gallagher we've talked about heaps already. Yeah. I went for Douglas Louise uh, because, mostly because of the impression he made against me when uh, Aston Villa played Liverpool. Because um, right. I haven't really watched a whole lot of Aston Villa games apart from that. <laughs> mm. But this man, he controlled their midfield. And just the way that he was able to control the tempo when they had the ball, physically, he is 
like he's as he is as good as any other top six like top world class CDM in the world. And mm. he just has this this calmness about him. Um which again if he was playing in any other more successful team overall would be highly valued and would be talking about him more. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um although I do like to judge players for the half team of the half season by the whole half season and not just when they play my team. <laughs> <laughs> but but you make a good point, and I do think Douglas is, is probably overlooked by a lot of people. Um, mm. Yeah. Cool. And up top, who have you got? Um, I've gone with the front three of Rafinha on the right. I think that's a no-brainer. Uh, Dennis up top. I was thinking about Antonio, but Dennis has actually got same amount of goals, one more assist. He's been in a m- far worse side, and Antonio fell. He started strong and fell off. Whereas Dennis has kind of just been consistently pretty good throughout the season. And I, I value the consistency. Um, so Dennis is in there. And then Ben Rama is on my left wing. I struggled with this left wing. But Ben Rama started strong, went a bit crap. And then he's gotten making good a bit again. Of a comeback. He's making a comeback. So, yeah, I think as well, he's really exciting to watch. Really, really. When he's playing well, great player. He puts in um, through balls, which really open up West Ham's play. A lot of West Ham's midfielders are excellent, but the way that they play is they they do a lot of your standard um, midfield progressive passing up the field. But then when I've noticed Ben Rama gets the ball, he'll often do something a little bit left of field, excuse the pun, <laughs> where well, actually literally left of field. Um, and he'll create like an unusual chance for West Ham to capitalize on and progress significantly up the field. So I think he's just been really valuable for West Ham in that sense. And if I'm thinking about how this team would play together, which is not important at all, I think Bowen and him would link up real nicely. <laughs> so yeah, that's my team. Fair enough. I've gone for Rafinha as well. Went for Dennis as well. Yep. Only because he's been doing amazing things for my fantasy. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> but also because I agree with your sentiment. I don't know how he's doing so well on the Watford setup. Yeah, he's second in goals and assists in the Premier League combined. He's been immense. Mm. I don't know how he does it, but long may it continue. <laughs> and I've actually gone for St. Maximum. Oh, yeah, you know, that's a good shout. He can play left wing. Yes. Um, Again, I guess, obviously, the flair's always there, but he's actually had more Mm. of an output this season. Yeah. um, Assists and goals-wise. So, yeah, made sense for me. I think everyone was getting worried he was going to turn into a... Traore. An Adama Traore. And he was probably, like, pooping his pants about it. But he showed up this season. He's actually putting the ball in the net. He's creating chances for his teammates that they can capitalize on. And that's big in a side like Newcastle is struggling. Um, honestly, if I had to say, looking at this Newcastle team in two years from now, who's still going to be there after Saudis um, redo this team? Mm. He'd probably be the only player in that Newcastle team I think could still stay there because he's only getting better. Um, that goal that he just scored against Man United was ridiculous. Um, I just, so exciting to watch. So great pick. I actually didn't realize that. I could put in there at left wing. Good good choice. So I guess we're finishing up on our final adjusted predictions. Uh, so we start, who do you think is winning this season? I have to give it to City now. Yeah, this this team's ridiculous. Like, Dude. genuinely ridiculous. The, the thing is, and we talked about this just before, is that they don't draw. They don't draw? Which... I mean, they it's have, actually, but they, they, they don't. Have. They have, but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> they just don't. doesn't happen. doesn't happen. The table's lying to you. Um, but 
it's it's a good thing because they win so much. Yeah. And yeah, it's either they win or they lose. It's like it, and they they deal in absolutes. Which... No ifs, buts, or maybes. They do absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> no draws, draws, or draws. <laughs> and that's honestly what's going to be Liverpool's demise is mm. draws this season. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think, I think. I mean, what City just won? I can't remember the number, but they've won the most games in a Premier League season. Calendar. Sorry, year. in a calendar year. Um, Premier League games in a calendar year. Also, I think in all competitions in British football, yeah, both of those. Um, so they've just been outstanding, and that's because they don't draw much. If there's a close game, they they get the win. They just mm-hmm. hustle till they get the win. Mm-hmm. And those extra points are just huge. Yeah, I can't see them being caught um, this season. I think they've got that title under um, lock soon. Fortunately, um, I've still got Liverpool finishing second. Yep, I do as well. It's just how it's going to be. Chelsea third. So I told you I'm going to be controversial. Go on. I've put Arsenal third. Yeah, you're giving me a look. I wish I wish I could record it. <laughs> the way my eyes just panned <laughs> from my laptop it's over to you. It was like a double take with your eyes almost. <laughs> with slow blinks for added effect. So here's why. Firstly, if Arsenal win the next game, they're only four points behind Chelsea. Mm-hmm. We can now the common argument I hear is, oh, look at the goal difference. Chelsea's is in the twenties. Arsenal's is just it's going to be just over ten if they win the next one, or ten or over. That doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That's the that's what's happened in the past. I'm thinking about their form right now, how they look moving forward. That's all I care about. And if I if I see Arsenal are four points behind Chelsea, this Chelsea side is struggling because of a few COVID, um, COVID test positive players. Um, they've had a couple of injured players. Reese James being out's big. Chilwell being out's big. Chelsea's desperately trying to find another left back because they're worried that Alonso's going to be the only one. Lukaku is not happy at Chelsea. He might even... Le- I, I wouldn't be surprised if he leaves in this, uh, this mid-season transfer window because he doesn't fit Tuchel's system. Tuchel's style of football is not what Lukaku is used to. Um, that Gagin pressing. And Gagin. Gagin, sorry, I always mess it up. But he's not used to that style of football. He's come out and said he's sorry that he left into Milan in the state he did. It's causing a lot of drama. If they don't have Lukaku, Werner is still not consistent, in my opinion. Then Chelsea's re- and Chelsea has been relying a lot on their wing backs. I really struggle to see how Chelsea's going to be goal creating unless they're over relying on like Mason Mount, maybe Pulisic going forward. So. I just think they're going to be struggling a lot. And when I watch them play recently, they look worrisome. They, they're they struggling to create good opportunities on the field. Um, they've had a few that in the last couple of games, don't get me wrong. And Mason Mount missed a couple of real good sitters. But I, when I look at Arsenal play, we've got really good chance creation now. We've actually massively improved our expected goals, massively improved our chance creation um, and expected assists. There's uh, by uh, for specific players that are key like Erdegaard and Ennis to throw. I honestly just think, it, it, look, maybe it's just a, a stretch, but I think Arsenal can finish above Chelsea if they be consistently good for the rest of the season. If we have one more slip up and something goes wrong, then I'm gonna get worried, and then I think Chelsea will take third. I see where you're coming from. Like Arsenal had a few hiccups here and there in the first half of the season but seemed to be ironing things out find found a bit of a groove 
honestly, I'd have more confidence in that come mid to late Jan. <laughs> yeah, that's once fair. once we get through this fixture congestion, it's the gunner and me who's jumping. Arsenal the gun. and and especially <laughs> Arsenal. Excuse the pun, <laughs> jumping and the rhyme. <laughs> um. And, yeah, Arsenal not in any Europe competitions. Just going to aim to win the FA Cup again. Um, I'm happy we're not in Europe this season. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's going to play in mm. your favour. Yeah, because this fixture congestion is not affecting that's us. Nice. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for Arsenal, then Chelsea. Um, I'm being optimistic, but let's see what happens. And then who have you gone for sixth and for fifth and sixth, sorry? So, yeah, so Man U make it into my top four. See ya. And we've just lost David. Man U make it into my top four. I've got Arsenal fifth, West Ham, Tottenham sixth and seventh. Sorry, and then what? Aston Villa How are Man U beating eight. Arsenal in the season for you? How is that happening? Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh my God! Get go go. How about this? Why don't you? I, I don't you see care. the window? Go go jump into a little sue and jump out the window right now. I don't care how much you hate it, but it's the story of their season so far. That They've Ronaldo been, saves them. Yes. Sure. Okay. What happens if Ronaldo gets injured? What happens to United? Ronaldo doesn't get injured. He's a freaking machine. Let's say Ronaldo gets injured. What happens to United? Well, talk to me when it actually happens. But what happens if he gets injured? What happens? I don't know. Other stars step up. Who? Okay, so no one's going to save United like Ronaldo will, right? No. Okay. If Lacazette gets injured, what happens to Arsenal? We'll, we'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> we'll make do, right? You can't, you can't compare Lacazette, <laughs> losing Lacazette to losing Ronaldo. My point is, Arsenal is more I, resistant I know, as a I team to these factors. That and I get it. Throughout the season, sh- stuff happens. And I get it. One thing happens to Ronaldo, United have no shot at top four, in my opinion. I can't think of a single Arsenal player who, if you take them out of the team, our, top shot, our hopes of top four are gone. ESR? Nah. Will we f- he, ESR, let me just be clear, ESR has not started any of the past four games. He's come on as a sub, and we were winning when he came on most of the time. So, we'll be, oh, I don't want him injured. Touch wood. I love this kid. But if he, if something happens, maybe he gets COVID, we'll be okay for a bit without him. It, it will be okay. I get what you're saying. And I get that. I totally get what you're saying. But until he gets injured, I think that's what's going to happen. Also, how are United going to place above Arsenal when they literally do not have a style of play? The last two, three weeks when you've watched them, they're not adapting to Ragnick's style very quickly. Mm-hmm. You don't. So is your I, ba- is your whole argument here basically? They've got Ronaldo. If you have Ronaldo, you're going to come top four because he's going to get you there. My, pretty much. It, my my argument is trash that trash argument, but I can't. Okay. <laughs> my argument is that as as disorganized as they are for everything, organizationally, how they play on the field, how it all gels together, they somehow get results. <laughs> Don't ask me how. Yeah, it's because Ronaldo get, pulls through a lot of the time. But they get results. And occasionally, and like, they, they have I a few good players stopping. like Fred, who's had a good game one-off, and you've had um, Fernandes will have a good game one-off here and there. It, relying on the individuals, right? Yeah. But and that's all they do. Ronaldo is... Uh, they just rely on individuals. I'm going to have a United fan ready to just go As much as it grates me, <laughs> as much as I don't want it to be like that, because that, for me, isn't what football should mm-hmm. be like, it works <laughs> for some infuriating reason. But it doesn't work because look at United. Look where they're on the table. Look how they're doing. Nah, they'll... It doesn't work. 
It doesn't work. They pull through. Here's here's the difference. Chelsea's throwing more money at their problems than United have. The difference is Chelsea have a style and it it kind of is working. Man United don't have a style, but they're still just throwing a lot of money at the problem and it's not really working. You're looking at it. I get your argument. I just just clicked. You're saying United are going to be clutch. They somehow always are. In every other, in every season I've experienced, whenever you think United are just down and out, like it's not working, they're playing horrendously. It, this is it worse than other seasons, though. Case in point, whenever you think they're down and out, I don't know how they do it. It's the most frustrating thing as a Liverpool fan. You'll see them like games behind, like six or seven points okay. outside okay. the top four. Okay. And, I, and they come back and they'll be like fourth or okay. third. Okay. I can't explain it. I get it. I'm going from that. I get it. I disagree, but I get it. And I, I'll, I'll, I'll leave this this touchy topic on a single point, which is gonna really anger a lot of the United and probably Real Madrid fans as well. I think Ronaldo this season's a shadow of what he was previous seasons. I think his oh, downfall started at Juventus. That's obvious. Um, but I really look. He is clutch this season. He saved United. I don't think he's clutch enough anymore that he's going to bail United out unless United seriously get their act together and fix their style of play. I just don't see it. But okay. He's he's definitely on you know a decline. Let's a but that's 10, 20 bucks on who's finishes high, United or Arsenal. Done. Okay. That's easy. Easy money. Um, it's on the podcast. Just, that's official. just like the five bucks. What was the bet we made earlier about no where Mbappe's going to go? Oh, uh, no, it was if Arsenal will get Haaland. Haaland, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so... That's not happening. It might happen. Um, so I can see here you've got West Easy Ham... five bucks for me. I can see here you've got West Ham, Arsenal and West Ham, fifth and sixth. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone for United West Ham. So it's really just that Arsenal yeah. as well, switch, I guess. Um, you've gone for Tottenham and Villa. I've gone for Tottenham and Villa. It's, I love how we've both put Villa in eighth. So I'm guessing your reasoning similar to mine. You think Steven Gerrard's really doing a turnaround project here. They're not actually that far behind eighth spot. No. Like they're, the table's really condensed, mm-hmm. and they could easily get that eighth spot, but they're probably not good enough to beat Conte's. I, yeah, I, I think that Aston Villa eighth is a stretch, to be honest, but it's definitely mm-hmm. possible. Yeah, and bottom three-wise, who have you got? I've gone for, I guess, maybe in order, but no particular order, Leeds, Newcastle, and Norwich. So I've gone for Burnley, Newcastle, and Norwich, the current... The current bottom three. Mm-hmm. Why do you put Leeds there over Burnley? Just because... Burnley are clutch? <laughs> Chris Wood is clutch. Nah. He is. <laughs> and so is Cornet. 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 <laughs> Cornet. No, I've gone for Leeds because <clears throat> they had a pretty good start to the season, but we always talked about, or oh, I guess over the past couple of months, we've been talking about how they play well. They're a very open team. It's just their style of play but they've been struggling to actually just get results, just get points on the board. And they haven't shown any signs of being able to rectify that over the past few weeks, and especially over the season so far. And honestly, it's the Premier League. If if you're not getting at least draws mm. and the odd win when you're in that bottom half of the table, there's only one way you're going, and that's down to the championship. Yeah, it's true. Um, as sad as it is for me to say that, it's just... Yeah, it's it's true. I don't think Leeds are going to... I don't have the time left in the season to 
to fix all these issues. Um, and the injuries suck. It's just a, how football Especially is. Especially Bamford being out. Mm, it's big. Um, Rafinha might be off to Bayern Munich. Um, mid-season. Serious interest. It, yeah, mid-season. And that's, that's their saving grace gone. Um, it's, it's tough. But at the same time, you have to put a little bit of the blame here on Bielsa. I think his style of football has always been to have a small, small core team rather than to have a big squad, like, for example, Chelsea and City with a lot of depth. Which doesn't work. It worked 20 years ago. I don't know how, but it worked 20 years ago. Nowadays, players get injured so easily that this if you don't have that depth in your team to any degree, then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So a lot of this, I think, Bielsa needs to take some responsibility for, but still a great manager. I still like his style of play, even though it's not going to win them a Premier League anytime soon. Um it's sad, but yeah, okay, interesting. But I think we can agree Newcastle are going down. They just don't have the defensive and midfield assets to keep them up. And Norwich, rinse mm. and repeat, they'll be back the season after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is our mid-season re- review wrap-up, whatever you want to call it. We'll call it whatever we want to call it. Well, I don't know if that's what we're calling it, <laughs> for sure. So, yep, that's it. We've got some agreement in there. We've got some disagreements. We got our team of the season, team of the half season. We got our under twenty three team of the half season. We got our non big six team of the half season, and our updated predictions. Let us know if you agree on Twitter or hit us up at part time gaffers at gmail.com. On to review and predictions. Let's do it. So we're going to be doing speedy review and speedy predictions because honestly. We're off to Portofino for a nice dinner on New Year's Day and our booking's in 20 minutes. So let's get on with it. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. So recapping, what are we, game match weeks 19 and 20. Uh, we had a couple standout games in there. Man City Leicester 6-3. I mean, wow. from memory, I think we both predicted quite high scoring games. I think it was like... A I mean, four one and a four two. Those Boxing Day games are very and high scoring usually. They they outdid us both and went six three. It was a great game. City went four 0 up. Um, Leicester came back, scored three, and then City got a final two. Um, so they they held it off. But Leicester did tremendously there to even get three goals back right after half time. Um, Madison, Lookman, and here Nacho. Um, but yeah, still uh, City. That's I think how how good they are as a. Is yeah. that top side that can come back? And can I also, just say, oh yeah, can I just say, massive week for Leicester playing Liverpool twice and Man yeah. City. I didn't even realize that's that. That's insane. crazy. Um, Arsenal five 0 against Norwich was really happy. Dominant with that. performance. Yeah, um, we had we had the young guys showing Saka, Tierney, Smith Rowe. It was great. My favorite part is ESR coming on to score an additional time goal. Yeah. Super sub, getting me the fantasy points. Love Absolutely it. love him. Um, and Tottenham got a good win, win against Crystal Palace, although Zaha got a stupid red card. Um, we're going to match day 20. I think Man United versus Burnley was really good um, that was for a United. Very interesting one. I, I watched the start of that game and they actually started playing like a team. Wow. <laughs> as nice. crazy as that sounds. Okay. I wanted, to, I wanted to see them crash and burn against Chris Wood and Burnley, but... Yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, then again, it is Burnley, so let's see how they hold up in future weeks against mm. better sides. And Le- Leicester beating Liverpool, um, I can't believe it, because Salah alone got more expected goals than the whole of Leicester. And really? I didn't look at expected so goals. So Salah got his first ever zero on fantasy, and yet 
he actually played excellently from my understanding. Had a lot of opportunities, just mm. got unlucky. So props to Leicester for getting that win. Unlucky to Liverpool because I feel like a one nil defeat we, is not quite fair on that. We did it to ourselves, just missed mm. opportunities really. Um not gonna go into a whole lot of detail about it. That's fair. We probably we should have won, let's put it that way. But yeah. Leicester played the perfect game from their point of view. Fair. And um we've also got West Ham beating Watford 4-1. I think really excellent. Like I've been saying West Ham need to find that form again. And this mm-hmm. is the kind of form that we're looking for. This is how they started the season with their midfielders participating in the goals. They had uh, Suchek score, Ben Rama score, Noble score a penalty and Vlasic score an extra time. And if they can keep up that midfield participation and goals and assists, then I think we'll be seeing West Ham pressure for that top four again getting the Moyes mojo back <laughs> Moyes mojo love that <laughs> so um moving on to predictions yeah i guess so we've only got eight this week thank god we're actually eased the fixture schedule again it's gonna be nice so arsenal man city is the first one what do you think i think arsenal do old mate liverpool a favor here and pull <laughs> out a draw i i'm seeing a one one draw uh, I, I hope. For my fantasy, I need I City hope. to beat us, and I, <laughs> that depresses me. So I'm going to say Arsenal, also a 1-1 draw. I think it's doable. Yeah. Uh, next up, Watford-Tottenham. Tottenham win, probably. I see 2-1. I want to say 2-1 Watford. I can see Dennis having a really good game here. Watford at home. Um, and Tottenham's style of play, I think Watford can take advantage of it, especially against Conte's system. Um, it's because... Ranieri has a very direct style of football, um, mm. and I think that's where Tottenham will struggle to defend. Big, big game. Crystal Palace, West Ham. That is a very fun this game. This is a Gallagher tasty fixture. Bowen. That's going to be good. Um, I'm going to say West Ham 2-1. I'm actually going to go for a draw here. I'm going to go 2-2 draw. I was thinking that, but yeah. um, I think West Ham's got good form now and I want to see them win this so I'll yep. be a bit optimistic Aston Villa oh, Brentford Aston Villa Brentford at home Brentford's really been struggling recently Aston Villa they have COVID issues I think Gerard also has COVID so he won't be able to same attend as Atlas, games sir, actually he won't be on the touch oh really it's going to be tough crazy um, I'll give this to Villa 2-0 I'm giving 1-0 Villa okay yeah similar Leeds Burnley where to start? I'm going to go 1-1 draw. I honestly can't pick them. I'm going to say 3-1 leads. Bold. Rafinha get a, getting bold. a brace. Maybe a Cornet goal or a Wood goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Everton Brighton. When is, when is DCL back? Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, he's eligible. So For he this might, game. He, I don't know if he'll start, but he might come on. Um, mm. Everton's actually been in great form. Brighton... I guess just your standard stock standard middle table form. Um, I can see an Everton two one happening. Yeah, mm, I'm gonna oh, I'm gonna say three one. Three say, one Everton. Yeah, and I think Malpe is gonna score for Brighton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hope uh, Chelsea Liverpool. Big game. Big big game. Big game. Big. Last Huge. Game. <laughs> Last game before Fcom for us, so we need to maximize points from this. Lucky that you have your star players for this game. Luckily. Uh one 0 Liverpool. I hope we keep a clean sheet. We haven't been looking with the James best out, Alonso coming back without with no Wait, no, Alonso well. has been playing, hasn't he? Yeah, Chilwell's injured though. Sorry, he has been injured for a while. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh I'm gonna say Liverpool I'm gonna say Liverpool th- three one. 
I'll take it. I can see you guys going rampant after last week. You guys don't like... You guys come back strong after a loss usually. So I think it can happen. And lastly, Man United Wolves. I'm saying 1-0 Wolves. I'm going to say that too. <laughs> really? I just want to see Man U crash and burn. Funny. Not when it comes to your final table predictions. I... This is this because they're clutch. I don't know how they do it, but they're clutch. I don't know how it happens, but they're so clutch. <laughs> I don't know how it happens, <laughs> but they're so clutch. <laughs> fair enough. This so, is just this is just what I want to happen. Yeah, fair. Okay, so yeah, so that's our predictions. That is match match day, match week, game week, game day, whatever. Twenty one, <laughs> <laughs> running joke there. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Happy New Year, and I hope you guys. Yeah, we are. Oh, we should say. Mm-hmm. We've sussed out our consistency, so I hope you guys have been enjoying what yeah. we were able to produce for the last few months of 2021. Thank you, lockdowns. No, thank you, lockdowns. Been <laughs> it was good for the podcast, bad for other things. But honestly, can I think we've sussed it. So yeah, um, consistency's there. Weekly episodes out for you guys, and bring on 2022. Yeah, it's a bit hectic with the new year schedule. For example, Portofino and now. 15 minutes but um we're making it work and we haven't been as active on twitter as we'd like to it's been very busy but um as usual hit us up there we'd love to interact with you at part-time gaffers and email us like i said before at part-time gaffers at gmail.com down and out laters